This is Adam Schefter, live from the M-Den for the Core 4 Podcast. Kinda looks like Tippy Storm and she dance like little Egypt. She works down the snake farm. Snake farm, it just sounds nasty. Snake farm, it pretty much is snake farm. It's a reptile house, snake farm. Alright, today is December 2nd, and it is the return of the Core 4 podcast. I know we've been out for quite a bit um but we've we've had some things in the works we've uh had a lot of fun lately this uh this episode we have our john Wildhack interview uh amazing amazing interview we had a, a great time doing it all four of us were a part of it even clicker who's not here tonight really really great insight it was about a about a half hour uh talk there and he was really really generous with his time so we thank uh wild hack for for a you know great time there but we're gonna go ahead and start talking about the biggest thing right now in sports is football um we've got nfl coming down to the wire and we've also got the college football rankings um getting a lot of people pretty uh pretty upset got three teams that are basically vowing vying for that uh that fourth spot chunks do you think they got one through four right absolutely 100 percent. this it was the only logical way so to recap number one was bama number two Clemson, number three, Notre Dame, and number four was Oklahoma. But in the rankings, didn't they have Georgia five and Ohio State still six? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Goof, do you think there was any merit to the SEC people trying to say that Georgia should be number four? Is there merit? Yeah, they played Alabama pretty tough, but there's no – with them losing that game, there's no point in putting them in the final four. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to deal with uh with goof having stroke voice no problem we'll, we'll figure it out um <laughs> chunks what do you what do you have to say about the people who you know put in georgia saying let's do the four best teams is that do you think that's a good strategy in a perfect world that's what would go on but there's just no way to judge that i mean georgia played a great game on Saturday, they Jalen Hurts and came in and beat him in the end, and uh, they made a couple mistakes down the wire on that like stupid fake punt and did some silly stuff that Why was would lost you in do the that game. Fake punt? There Why were, would you do that? There fake was punt? no reason for that. It, it made zero sense, and it's funny because Jalen Hurts just came in and you totally felt like what was you already knew what in your head what was going to play out. But no, I I think Oklahoma, a Big Twelve champion, deserves that four spot. And I honestly, I mean, we've seen that Georgia can hang with Alabama, but I think Oklahoma can do the same. I know their defense is probably going to get shit on by Alabama because their secondary can't hang with those receivers whatsoever. But they, they hang might, with anybody, but they haven't been able to hang with anybody all year. Right, but they might be able to outshoot out Alabama. Kyler Murray is definitely the best quarterback they'll they'll have seen this year even right. including Jake Fromm you know so my take on the argument of let's have the best four best teams that that is the stupidest thing that i've ever heard in my life like sports aren't supposed to be about the best teams it, it really when it comes to the playoffs it's 
just get in and then, you know, make something of it. I don't like that's why yeah. March Madness is so amazing. Exactly. Those aren't the best teams. It's not the 60, 60, what, 68 now? 68 best teams. We've got teams, some smaller teams that really have a chance to do things. Um, UCF came back, and and so to have two straight years of not losing a single game, once again, I'm going to say, why do they still play these games if they can't be a part of it? That being said, I think that the four is correct right now. Um, Oklahoma should definitely have been the four. If Alabama lost, this would have been a different podcast. I would have oh, been yeah. up in arms if they would have made it again. You know they would have, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without, they, they would have probably made them number three over Notre Dame. Probably, but I wished for them to lose because it might have spurred a little bit more change quicker than yeah. it's coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be so slow. Yeah. So, I mean, back to my point with saying the four best teams should play, if they want the four best teams, Notre Dame wouldn't be there, to be honest with you. It would be Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Notre Dame wouldn't be a part of that Final Four. What do you what do you say to that, Chunks? Uh, the thing is, Notre Dame hasn't given you a reason to say they can't. Beat that anybody. USC game, though. Yeah, and USC is obviously terrible, but it it's just like whenever you have <clears throat> a team go undefeated, there's just no way to dispute their like credibility because at the end of the day, it comes down to wins and losses. And UCF. Yeah, yeah, you're. <laughs> it definitely applies. Like I, I'm definitely a give U, UCF a chance guy, um, and I'm glad they're actually playing a decent team in a bowl this year. Um, so that'll be fun. But I don't know. I, I think Notre Dame definitely wouldn't be in that top four best. Um, it's just hard to prove that they wouldn't be. Like there's no criteria for it. That uh, they've played well too. Like, look at that Syracuse game when everyone was talking. This is the game they're going to slip up because they haven't looked good. And close. they go out there and demolish them. That Peach Bowl doesn't look too fun for you, huh? So fucking tired of the Peach Bowl with Florida. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> well, no, neither of our fan bases want it. Nobody wants it. It just. Rashawn Gary's not even playing, Jim Harbaugh announced. And oh my God, it's not even going to be fun. Like. We basically don't even care. I mean, we care if we win. We want to win, but no one's going to be that happy. Are you going to get to go to that? Uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't matter that much. Because that I would mean, change your opinion. That uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go down to uh, Georgia, but uh, I'm not trying to spend a bunch of money. So right. I'll tell you what, man. That um, And that was John Gruden speaking there. I'll tell you what, man. Um, <laughs> the Camping World Bowl, West Virginia versus Syracuse, yeah. is going be amazing. That's gonna be like, fun. I got that text on my phone saying that they were hooked up, and man, Will Greer versus Eric Dungey. Super excited. Dude, for this that. could be seventy-two to like sixty, <laughs> something like that. It's gonna I, be amazing. I was very disappointed to hear it was a camping world bowl. Though. Yeah, such a that, lame. Yeah. <laughs> they got to come up with better names to these bowls, man. Yeah, holy, dude, without a doubt. Um, I'm very happy with the Sugar Bowl for. For Texas, that's going to be an awesome one on uh, on yeah. New Year's Day. Texas, Georgia, yeah, Georgia's going to be balling out, man. Um, I, re- I really wanted Texas. I really wanted Michigan to play Texas, but yeah, that would have been a good one. Uh, Goof, what are your uh, what are your predictions for the Final Four and the uh, the championship game? Uh, obviously, I think Alabama is going to beat Oklahoma, even though I 
don't want that to happen. But I think so. And then I think it's going to be Alabama versus Clemson. We've already kind of touched on how Notre Dame wouldn't be everybody's pick to be in the top four of those best teams. And then from there, Clemson actually can challenge Alabama, I feel like. Offensively, they can do enough. And their defense might be able to at least slow down Alabama. I got Alabama winning against Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma won't be able to do what they've been doing all season, and that's going to rattle them quite a bit because they're really all in on Kyler Murray, and he's got to show up big time. And I, it's that Alabama defense is solid. So I, I got them winning that game. And then, I, like you said, Notre Dame's probably a poser in this playoff, to be honest. So I got Clemson over Notre Dame. And then actually, I, I have Clemson over Alabama after this weekend with Tua. Tua's shown he hasn't really been healthy lately. And that he was really bothered by that ankle. I know it's still a long ways away for the game, so he has some time to rest up. But Georgia kind of showed what you can do against Alabama and how you can beat them. And I definitely think people are sweeping on the legitimacy of Clemson. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that that Clemson over Alabama. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you say? Is it Travis Etienne? Or something like that. Yeah, Etienne, I think. He's phenomenal. Like, I really hope he does some great work. I am so, so, so tempted to pick Alabama or Oklahoma. Even as a Texas fan, I, I need that win. But I really think with a month to prepare, nobody really does it like Nick Saban. Um, yeah, that's very true. You know, but sometimes on that turnaround, like with the Clemson um, loss a couple of years ago, you know, that, that week and a half, their turnaround, the other teams were able to, to really, you know, catch up with that. And we could see that again with, with Clemson, even though, you know, obviously they've played each other. There's, if it happens, it'll be the third time in four years. I, I, I like Dabo. I know Jensen hates Dabo. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, th- I really think that they can do it. I really hope so. I'm going to go Alabama over Oklahoma, some outrageous number like 50 to 43. And Clemson over Notre Dame. Um, I think Clemson's going to stop them, but it's it's still going to be pretty low. I mean, low scoring comparatively, like 32 to 7 or something like that. Um, Have you seen the predictions? No. Because the Alabama-Oklahoma prediction is 55-37. Oh, okay. So which is close to where you were at. Yeah. And Clemson Notre Dame is thirty five twenty seven. Yeah, I think I think You're pretty close to what these are. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm pretty smart. And I do have Clemson taking that win um in the championship game. Uh that that front line for uh for Clemson there is pretty fantastic as well. So let's hope they get to Tua. I mean I Tua will obviously be back. It's yeah. It, was anything that was really too rough so yeah we'll get to Tua if we need to get to Jalen Hurts we'll get to Jalen Hurts but uh Clemson will be your 2019 I guess well they'll be called uh national champions let's be ready for it what if, what if UCF beats LSU oh UCF baby let's go <laughs> you're gonna have dual national champions again 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 two years in a row let's do this thing UCF did beat Alabama though you guys saw that no, college basketball. In a different sport. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Validation, baby. 
Um, also, how great is it that UB is in a bowl? That that I love that quarterback from UB. He is a monster. <laughs> Do you know his name? Six seven two forty five. He is a freak. I was watching. I was watching the championship game. I, unfortunately, they did uh, lose that game. But man, I, I I like that team a lot. So they'll. Uh, does anybody see what what bowl they were in? Dollar General Bowl. Dollar General Bowl. Oh, wow. Upstate New York's hitting up Camping World and Dollar General Bowl. Like, that is upstate New York if I ever. <laughs> yeah, it is upstate New York right there. <laughs> let's uh, let's switch over to a little football. Well, honestly, actually, we, we forgot one more thing. And maybe we can save it for later. We will. Heisman. We need Heisman next week. So, Heisman votes next week, guys. The what? When do they do Heisman? Well, like. A bunch of people have already voted, but I was to say, is it not unanimous? It's not. Hey, it might not be. Well, okay, fuck okay. it. Let's do it right now. Goof. What is your? Who's your Heisman? Kyler Murray, hands down. Oh, that was not what I thought you meant by unanimous, dude. He's been off the charts. How? How are you going anywhere else? Chunks. Who is your Heisman? It's Tua. It's not, even, it's not even a question, even though it's a year where Kyler could totally win a Heisman, like he's had a good enough season. But Tua has blown out every team by 20 points with the exception of this weekend. Yeah, it's it's Tua, Goof. You thought it was going to be unanimous with Kyler? No, I honestly, I think it's pretty toss-up. I like Kyler a lot, only because he's played in games that count. Like, I mean, Tua's games count, but he doesn't play in crunch time. He's not had to do that. And even against Georgia, Jalen Hurts came in. So I just think that because he's been in pressure situations, I don't think they'll take that into account. But if I had a vote, I would. My vote is actually for little Jordan Humphreys. <laughs> but um, it's it's Tua. I mean, Alabama's never had a quarterback like this. The, the year that they would have had a quarterback like this, he was automatically going to win Heisman. There's no doubt about it, you know. Best best player on the best team, you know, a lot of times will be that winner. Um, Kyler, yeah, is is putting up amazing stats every other year. He would have won this, especially when Derrick Henry won it. Remember, Jensen's take: Derrick Henry was going to be the top five running back this year. He's absolute trash. He's huge. Uh, Jensen and Derrick. <laughs> um, five weights of running backs. Yes, but it'll be a it'll be an interesting one. I I do think Kyler will get some votes, but it'll, it's going to be. Uh, to uh, running away with it. Let's switch over to some NFL talk. Interesting day today. The Packers lose and then fire Mike McCarthy. Did you guys see that one coming? Yep. Uh, I didn't see it coming this week, to be honest. I thought it was going to happen two years ago, but I guess now's a good time as any since the Packers are, what, third in their division and not looking like the playoffs for them. I'm just waiting for Marvin Lewis to also get fired. Yeah, that's got to happen. That makes no sense. These these teams are holding on to coaches for far too long. There was obviously tension in that locker room, as uh, even you know Matt Flynn was trying to you know say there wasn't any tension in that locker room on PMT this week. There is absolute tension in that locker room for at least five years now. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And they wasted everything with Aaron Rodgers. It's unbelievable how much they wasted with Aaron Rodgers. But that's also his to blame. You know, getting that monster contract that he gets. You know, 
putting so much on these quarterbacks and not being able to to spread out and get more from your team. That's why Tom Brady's winning every single goddamn year. If you looked before this week at the quarterbacks of the top team in every division, there were like five of them on their rookie contract still. Then then the other three were like Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. And they all take pay cuts or have yeah. limited contracts. So that's that's kind of been the key. Like, you need these quarterbacks to not have these crazy deals so you can build around them more than anything. Because that's why we're seeing, like, the Rams and the Chiefs and the Cowboys, they, they all have quarterbacks with rookie contracts, and they're starting to build around them more. And it's really working out. Yeah, that's why I... You know, holding on to Eli for for the Giants is is such a stupid thing. Just draft a quarterback. You know, don't obviously drafting one this year was not a good idea. They obviously should keep you know should have picked Saquon, but next year absolutely draft a quarterback. What was your guys' biggest takeaways from the games today, or even Thursday? Uh, Jaguars defense was a surprise getting back to like what yeah. they should be this year. Uh, shutting but out the two, Colts. Two weeks ago, the Colts put up, what, 40-something points? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck's, yeah. like, second in the league in touchdowns, uh, passing touchdowns. So, that was that was big to see the Jaguars. Andrew Luck or J.J. Watt come back player of the year? I, w- I would give it to Andrew Luck. Andrew's been awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad to have him back. Yeah, it's, it's uh, much better when the Colts have him going. I would lean at Luck, too, just because uh, he's had more of an impact on where the team is. Uh, Goof, your Eagles play tomorrow night. What are you uh, What are you feeling for that game? Actually, that's what I was going to talk about uh, as far as takeaways. That Cowboys getting that win really gives them an edge in the NFC East because, you know, obviously Eagles play the Redskins tomorrow, and then next week the Redskins – or the Eagles play Cowboys. So – you know they could have won two games and been in first place. Now they would just they they won't be. So that was huge for them to get a win where I didn't think they had any chance against New Orleans. Yeah, no. So, every everybody wrote that game off for the Cowboys. Like looking forward at the schedule, you're always like, oh, Saints, that's going to be a loss. So that's it's a huge win, and it doesn't it really doesn't the matter much won. the way they won. Yeah, with their defense, looking, like their defense looked amazing holding. Holding the Saints to ten points, yeah. Like if you looked at, I mean, any game this year, and you said the Saints are only going to score in t- ten points in that game, you'd have been like, hell no. There's yeah. no team that can hold them to ten points. I mean, Drew Brees uh, is looking like an almost MVP type season, and he, I mean, he did not really show up to play. So I don't know if that that was the main reason, or if it was the Cowboys' D was just that good. I don't know, but you can't even blame it on short rest either because both teams played last Thursday. Right. So they've had that full week. So let's look at the NFC for right now. You've got the Rams already locked up the uh, the West. Um, New Orleans should be locking up the South here um, somewhat soon. Chicago looks, even with a loss today, looks to be in decent position to, to win the North. And then, obviously, like we were talking, the uh, – the East is still pretty much up for grabs. And then you've got Seattle at five uh, with a 7-5 record. 
Washington with a six and five. They're standing at six right now due to tomorrow's game. Minnesota at six, five, and one. You've got Carolina at six and six, Philly at five and six, Tampa at five and seven. So that's basically everybody that's in the hunt right now. Who do you guys think is going to fill out that uh, NFC East as well as the the wild card spots right now? I think the Cowboys are going to take the NFC East. And then I want to say the Vikings, but they just haven't been able to put it together for a few games here. They, they're, they've been an absolute enigma, and that is because of the Kirk Cousins signing. Like, Kirk Cousins is an enigma. He is You, you can never bet on what he's going to get. Um, and that, that's, the, that's what they steered into. That's their fault. Yeah, yeah, but it. I think the Seahawks will end up taking that other wild card spot, that first wild card spot. So yeah, um, Panthers have been kind of shooting themselves in the foot lately. Not been good on the road at all this year. Goof, what do you got? The wild card spots, I agree with you. It's the Vikings, I think, will hold on and be all right to be there. And then the Seahawks have looked very good. I think they'll probably get that second spot. And I'm gonna stay. Stay with my boys and say the Eagles pull out in the in the East because I'm looking at the rest of their schedule right now, and there's a lot of games that they can win. Um, they have the Redskins obviously this week, Cowboys next week. The only true game where they're like, man, they probably won't win that is they have the Rams, and then they play the Texans and finish up with the Redskins again. Now, that's I think you know, that's tough, say, man. We're gonna smoke your ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough schedule, goof. Like, yeah. I, I'm Honestly, you're saying that's gonna, easy <laughs> gonna lose to everyone of the fucking teams. I'm not saying it's they're gonna easy lose their schedule. last four games. They're not gonna lose their last four games. You're saying they're gonna lose to the Redskins at least once. No, <laughs> they beat they beat the Redskins both times because I feel like they're still a talented team. There is part of them that. Like, they play well in big games. They know that it's their time. They have to show up against the Redskins and the Cowboys, division rivals. And then, yeah, they may they probably lose to the Rams, but I don't see where the Texans are that dominant where they can't beat the Texans, and they get the Redskins again. You're out of your goddamn mind. Um, the Texans are never going to lose again, just so everybody knows. They have an absolute cakewalk of a schedule. They're going to get that first round by. Um, they're going to they're gonna suck in the playoffs, though. So. We're going to win the goddamn Super Bowl. No, you're going to suck Boston's in the playoffs. You uh, are ridiculous. Big Cat's going to lose his pinky. No. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's another takeaway for me. Watson's back to being almost an MVP form. We, we, we have been playing shitty teams. We have been playing shitty teams. I know this. I know this. I know this. But... Man, we are gelling like nothing else with the Texans. So I am excited for for Nuke to finally have a QB in the playoffs. It's something we've never seen before in Houston. Like I live there, it's it's gonna be an awesome time. I'm very excited to not have to play in the uh, in the wild card round. We're gonna be playing. We're gonna in that first round by. We're gonna be in the uh, division series. So I'm very excited. Let's just hope the uh, the Patriots lose once here. Um, let's go. With with that all that football talk, let's go into a little bit of hockey talk. Goof may not have noticed, but the whole upstate New York uh, has taken into a frenzy with the Buffalo Sabers. People are finally paying attention to them with their uh, what was it? The end of being ten game win streak, right? Yeah. I have a question. Do you guys think that Jeff Skinner is an MVP candidate? I don't see how you 
can't have him up there. I mean, he's been he's been crushing it on the stat sheet, and he's meant a lot to this Buffalo Sabres team. Like, people are going nuts for Jeff Skinner, and it's kind of a guy you didn't really think about too much going into the season, but I think he's catapulted himself up there at the top with anybody. Goof, who's your MVP candidate? I'm going to go with Jeff Skinner, yeah. <laughs> um, there there are some some good uh good spots out there but yeah i uh i plead ignorance right now i think that the uh that just skinner is has been such a lightning bolt to this team he's kind of like what uh what jd martinez uh did to the to the red sox this year just having that that presence where you know somebody can actually win a, a goddamn game for once has been really important and jack eichel you know obviously has um you know been otherworldly as well uh they have lost their last two games the last one by overtime loss so they still got a point so you you, you knew they're gonna fall back to earth sometime here quickly but i i think that they're still a playoff team i'm excited to see where where it falls i would like to see you know their their goal differential is still not where a, a top team should be right now uh they're playing all these one goal games here in left and right um so they need to you know beat somebody's ass like they did uh you know when, when we went to the bills game yeah uh, it's, it's good there uh clicker unfortunately isn't here tonight to to give us more information on it but thanks for the response on the uh John Walton interview. That was an awesome, awesome time. Where we'll hope to have him on again and some other uh, some other hockey faces as well. Uh, let's switch over to the well. Let's let's talk a little basketball first. I do. Let's go ahead and start with our interview. Chunks, do you have anything to say about our interview with with Wild Hack there? It's a lot of fun. I mean, we I've known him for a few years now, but I've never really talked to him a lot about how he like runs his program because being an athletic director there's a lot of stuff you have to worry about with a lot of different teams and we all know what the NCAA can be like so and it was really cool to talk to him we hit him up before the Notre Dame game so there was a couple take that was a really was rough a weekend, weekend. I'm glad we got him it was a terrible that weekend, weekend though pretty yeah. just we got um, him after that weekend he did want us to promo the women's basketball team, and they did win that weekend. So they did. The women's basketball team was a bright spot in New York. So City the stuff we time. brought up but. sucked. The stuff he brought up was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, we we had a lot of fun with them. So yeah, I'm excited for everyone. Goof, what was that. your uh, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, on the interview? I just you know couldn't be more thankful to him for him to take time out of his busy day and like come talk to us because you know not really too many people want to do that so it was awesome for him to do that and we i appreciated it all right so here is our interview with john wildhack all right this is the core four podcast and we now welcome on a very special guest uh and a super accomplished man one of my favorite stories uh a graduate actually of the si newhouse school of publication or public communications a former ESPN executive, vice president for Progra- programming and acquisitions. You were the first one, uh, part of the first produ- production team for a NFL, a live NFL game on ESPN, as well as college football. Um, and now he is the esteemed athletic director for, I'm going to say it, the greatest school in the world, Syracuse <laughs> University. Uh, we've got one of my favorite people, John Wildhack, uh, on the show. How's it going there, John? I'm doing great, Caden. How are you guys? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. No problem. 
So yeah, our our uh, our show here talks a bit about the core four sports there, um, but we can delve into some other things just just for you special today. So what what we want to talk a little bit about? So with your taking over the AD job at Syracuse, uh, what were your initial goals when you took the job, and have you reached them or set any new ones at all? Well, I think you know, initially is is when I took the job is is there's a long history of of uh, of great success at Syracuse Athletics, and uh, it's not only competitively, but also the uh, the experience we provide our student athletes and the education that they receive. So I really wanted to build off of uh, of that legacy and really develop you know a culture of where we want to uh, you know we we want to we come to work every day to tr- try and help our student athletes achieve their full potential both academically and athletically. And if, and if I get asked by parents and the recruits, you know, well, what do you do? I said, we're in the business of developing young people to their fullest potential. And that's, that's what we're here to do. Uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, as a, as a spectator, especially a big uh, Syracuse fan, it seems like Syracuse is sort of pigeonholed into a, almost a two-sport school. Uh, what do you think are the challenges of being known as just a basketball, lacrosse sort of school? Well, it's, you know, I think it's, in um, and I get it. While you know the success and the visibility of our basketball program and our men's lacrosse programs, the um, it was the most successful um, in in history uh, with eleven national championships. So I understand why they're kind of the, the flag bearers per se. But you know our goal is we want to be good in every sport and we want to be able to compete in an ACC level. Um, because if we can compete at the ACC level, we'll be relevant nationally. And, uh, you know, we've won national championships in cross country uh, in 2015, field hockey 2015. Obviously, we're having a resurgent football season um, this year in 2018. Our men's soccer program is is perennially a top 20 uh, ranked program. Women's lacrosse is perennially, you know, top 15, top 10 program. They made a number of Final Fours. I uh, haven't won a championship yet, but we'll crack that. Uh, we'll crack that yeah. last bar at some point. So we, you know, we want to be good in everything. Both our our men's rowing team was top ten in the country. Our women's rowing team was uh, was top twenty in the country. So the success, and while basketball and lacrosse again may may be um, you know may have more notoriety because of their lacrosse um, across all across all our sports, we've had you know we've had great success in the past and and in the present. Yeah, I definitely have thought, you know, over the past you know decade or so, there's been a great, great resurgence of, of teams across the board when it comes to Syracuse um, getting the job done. Um, one thing you were talking about with the resurgence of the, the football team this year, uh, I know Dino Babers was the hire before you had gotten there, but what has he meant to that that uh, football team? Now, Dino's, Dino, he's the architect of, of turning around the program and, and rebuilding our program and fashioning it in a way where we can – Again, have success, um, you know, competitively. But our 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 football team, you know, that team, they're doing terrific work in the classroom as well. And he stresses that um, to them on a daily basis. I just I enjoy working with them. Um, we we have a really good working relationship. I enjoy being around him. He's I described Dino. He's a really really bright guy who would be successful at anything he does. He just happens to be one heck of a football coach, and I'm glad he's our coach. Yeah, I remember you, John. Uh, you came in four years ago, right, Cam, when he popped into one of our practices. Yeah. You came to one of our basketball practices. That's right. And Around Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
Yep, it was right about this time of year, and you gave a lot of good um, recommendations to the players, but I learned as much as that from from what you were talking about, about being and making yourself a little bit better every day and making yourself be in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for, for doing that and stepping up and you know being a big part of the community um, in SOTUS. Uh, I'm happy but to do what it. Was, happy to do what it. Was your, I, I appreciate it. What Good was call. the biggest challenge transitioning from ESPN to being the athletic director at Syracuse? Well, there's, it's a great question. And I needed to learn a lot and needed to learn it in a hurry. And, um, you know, I knew that. And I told the staff the day I was hired, the first staff meeting, I said, I have, I have more to learn than anybody else in this room. And I said, I'm committed to do what it takes to learn what I need to, so I can be uh, an effective athletic director and be uh, be an effective leader for us. Um, and in some ways, to me, though, that's you know that was that's been invigorating because um, it's a challenge, but I think it's a, it's been a really it's been a fun challenge. And um, you know, it is one of the things that I tell you know that I told young people, you know, at times at ESPN or in the case of your team, sometimes it's good to put yourself where you know, outside your comfort zone a little bit, um, because it can be really, it can be a, a great source of motivation and inspiration and not being an athletic director before. Clearly I, I kind of placed out, placed myself outside my, my comfort zone, so to speak, but, uh, I'm thrilled that I did it. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I've never, I've never looked back once in terms of, uh, was this the right decision or not? It was absolutely the right decision. I love my job. It's, I describe it as a fun challenge, and it's both. It's fun, and it's also a challenge. But that's again, to me, that's that invigorates me. Right. That's what, that's what makes it worthwhile is the challenge, and you know, making yourself a better person throughout is what I'm getting from what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's um, I've been here a little over two years, and the staff has been great to me. Um, you know, we've done some things that you know that I'm that I'm really proud of. They. You know they work really well together. We've we've established a collaborative culture. We've uh, we've done some things in areas that we weren't doing before I got here, and I don't. Uh, we're we're not close to being done. You're never done. Um, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Always you're always a work in progress. We're a work in progress. But I feel I feel pleased um, with the strides that we've made. But there's there's still a lot of work to be done. I've. Uh... I've started working in recruiting for uh, the University of Michigan, actually. And I know it's tough, especially with, like, northern ACC schools and Big Ten schools to get a lot of these southern guys just because of the weather alone. So what do you think is one of Syracuse's biggest appeals from a recruiting standpoint for the players themselves? Well, you know, um, you know Cam, I think for, for football um, – Number one is, you know, is we recruit, um, Dino recruits a, a family atmosphere, um, La Familia, and it's, and that's exactly what he's done. He's really created a family atmosphere, uh, but it's a family atmosphere that has, you know, that has a lot of structure to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's appropriately demanding on, uh, on our kids. Um, we sell really hard. The value of a Syracuse education and a Syracuse degree, and the doors that can open for you, Definitely. and the uh, you know, and the net, the alumni network that we have, not only 
you know, around the country, but internationally as well. You know, we tell people we're Syracuse isn't just a, a local brand. It's a it's a global brand. Um, and we talk about, you know, we talk about our success. We sell we sell the dome hard. It's, you know, it's the most there's no building like it For sure. in, the, in the power five. And, you know, you know, Dino's line is, you know, we go to school in the snow. We don't play in the snow. Yeah. We play over <laughs> half your games in a perfect, you know, in a perfect environment. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to uh, you know, we're going to you come here. You're, we're going to compete and you can be bar- part of something special. And I think the kids that are here now, you know, understand and they should take great pride in what's been accomplished, you know, this year in the foundation. And it's one of the things that I talk about a lot is with football in particular is Dino and I want to build a foundation that can have so that we have sustained success year after year after year. And I tell people, I said, we're building our foundation with poured concrete, not with straw. So we're going to, we're going to be built the last. So it's, you know, and I tell people, I said, you know, I said, you know, people talk about the weather. It's funny. I, I tell them, I said, you know what snow does? And when I ask that question, people will look at me kind of quizzically a little bit like, Oh, well, I don't. Well, what do you mean? And I said, you know what snow does, and they're like, well, no. What does it do? I said, it melts. There you go. <laughs> we, we all gotta, we all gotta put that in our mind right now with the uh, with the winter coming. It's gonna go away sometime. <laughs> I like that. So it's you know, it's not. Listen, it's not you know, it, it's not uh, you know, we're not in Antarctica. You know, we're not. Uh, you know, we're it's we're we're not a lot different than other schools that are. You know, in the uh, in the Midwest, um, in the Northeast, et cetera, that type of thing. And, you know, we get a little bit of snow, we handle it, and we keep going. I think I know how he's going to answer one of our later questions, guys. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's uh... – I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, we've got a couple of questions. It's gonna be it's a big big week for Syracuse. So, uh, and this is a perfect week to have you on because uh, you've got uh, Thursday MSG uh, against UConn for the basketball team, and then uh, Saturday the big game in my favorite place in the world, Yankee Stadium against Notre Dame. Uh, you got any predictions for those two games? <laughs> I don't, I'm not in the prediction business. <laughs> we'll, show, we'll show up and we'll compete. I know that. Um, I like that. You know, basketball. We've got. You know, we we've got. Uh, we're not full strength uh, with our point guard situation, so we're you know we're a little we're a little undermanned. Um, you know, football. It's a great opportunity to to, to play Notre Dame. They're ranked third. In the college football playoff, deservedly so. They're trying to win the last two to, and if they if they beat us and beat USC, I think unquestionably they'll be in the playoffs. So it's, you know, it's a big game. It's on a great stage in Yankee Stadium, and um, you know, let's let's get ready and go down, play them, and see what happens. I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of orange in New York City this weekend. I know it'll that. be it'll be a really cool week because it actually starts Wednesday because our women's team is playing Texas A&M, who's the top 25 oh, team in amazing. Westchester. Civic Arena Wednesday night, and then we've got Thursday night and Friday night basketball at the Garden, and then two uh, thirty Saturday in Yankee Stadium against Notre Dame. So we're going to turn the, uh, the the Big Apple is going to become uh, is going to become orange. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll we'll put that on the uh, on the the poster there. It's a big orange apple. I love it. So everything you've talked about so far seems like it could relate to kind of anywhere in life. So what makes sports so special for you? Why did you decide to be in the sporting business? It's a really good question. I just, I've loved sports since the time I, since I was a kid, since I was a little kid. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I love the comp, you know, I love the competition of sports. Um, I think sports helps mold and shape and develop people. Um, you look at so many successful CEOs, you know, leaders in a variety of fields. And, you know, one of the things they all have in common is athletics is in their background. Um, you know, from a, from a television standpoint, it's the ultimate reality TV show is sports. Yeah. It's, you know, it's unscripted and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know, I've always been a fan. And when, uh, when you're able to make something that you're you know passionate about your profession, I'm really, really lucky in that regard. I know with uh, Buddy Bayheim now playing for the Orange and his father, of course, Jim, um, and knowing that you're a big family man yourself, do you ever push your kids to attend Syracuse? Um, no, and and I you know and and I won't and um, you know I want them to I want them to go where they where they want to go. Now, my 15 year old Tommy. Um, It'll get. It'll be hard to get him to even look at another school. <laughs> since he was three, so you know, I think uh, I would be shocked if he's not here. And then the younger one, James. You know, James could. I, Lord only knows where James is going to wind up. Uh, <laughs> much more of a free spirit, but yeah, you know, I want my kids to. You know, if they if they want to go here, great. Obviously, that'd be tremendous. Since you know, I went here and most of my family did. But you know what? If they want to go someplace else, I'm going to be 100 percent supportive and. I'm never going. I'm never going to try to steer him one way or the other. So uh, you are obviously a famous alum of the Newhouse School there, and one of the greatest schools, uh, obviously for our money, the greatest school in terms of uh, public communications. There, what did the Newhouse School mean to you? Well, it it really gave me the foundation, yeah, you know, to 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 be successful at ESPN because the education that I got at Newhouse, the practical experience I got at Newhouse, it prepared me um, to move into uh, into the real world. And I think uh, it gave me a competitive advantage over some kids, you know, that were similar like me, fresh out of school. But I had I had practical experience in a background that was, um, you know, frankly, that, you know, was superior uh, thanks to Newhouse. So it, it's, you know, that's that's my roots. That's my foundation. I, I want to go back to our interview uh, of five years ago when we spoke. Uh, I remember there you, you said over the next five years, LeBron's ascension to the greatest of all time will be the biggest story. And you, you definitely hit that right on the head. Um, so since you're Nostradamus, what will be the biggest story for the next five years across sports? Wow. The biggest story the next five years across sports. Tough one. Mm. <laughs> Well, it's nothing right. like putting them on the spot, Kate. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna come up with two. Okay. Um, That's what Syracuse Golden, is all about. Going are the Golden, are the Golden State Warriors the best team ever? Okay. And is Patrick Mahomes going to redefine Ooh. the quarterback position um, amongst his peers? I like that. That is some fire takes there. I like those a lot. Um, you see, he's worked with Stephen A. Smith for years and years, so I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so Chunks asked a little bit about Bayheim. It seems like his timeline's always been a little weird. How do you handle the timeline for you know the rest of the career for Jim Bayheim? Have you had meetings with him about that? We, we, we really don't discuss it too much. Um, 
know, obviously when when I got here, there had already been a succession plan put in place. Mike Hopkins was was announced as the co- head coach in waiting, and there was a defined timeline in which Mike would assume that position. Then, you know, that all changed when he made the decision to go to Washington. And, and um, I was very sorry to see Mike go because I, I think the world of Mike as a coach and a person, but it was the right opportunity for him in a, in a number of respects. And, uh, and I respected um, his decision to leave. And, you know, with Jim, we immediately, you know, within 24 hours later, we'd announced that we'd extended Jim, you know, multi years and, you know, when I see the the drive, the energy, the competitiveness, um, you know, his his coaching ability. I mean, J- Jim hasn't, you know, Jim is as good as he's ever been. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to rush to say, well, all right, you've got two years or three years or four more years. You know, let's let's see where this let's see where this thing goes. But, you know, Jim is, um, you know, he takes takes really good care of himself. Um He's as passionate as ever about Syracuse basketball, and you know, I, th- I think we're poised to have a uh, have a very successful run here. All right. I think Chunks has one more question, and then we have our uh, little fun little segment at the end. Here. Okay. Yeah, so with a lot of the uh, controversies and things that have been coming up in college athletics lately, it seems like Twitter and social media have really changed the whole atmosphere. So how much does that play a role in what you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, it's interesting. One of the things we do is we, is we continually educate our student-athletes. Um, if you're going to be on Twitter, you're going to be on Snapchat, you're going to be on Instagram, is you know, be careful what you post. Um, because you can, you know, one wrong post can can ruin your college career. Um and I feel you know, I had people at ESPN that you know, we were looking to hire. And, you know, once we researched their social media accounts uh, because of content that was there, you know, they, they they were disqualified from consideration. So you got to be really careful. You post something like that. It's, you know, it's global content. Um, you know, so if you're going to use it, use it wisely um, and use it in an appropriate way. We use, you know, from a content perspective as, as a platform, we use those platforms to to produce a lot of our own content, not game content, but content around the games that we distribute on. You know, might be the you know the Twitter handle for football, their Twitter handle for f- basketball, or Twitter handle for Twitter handle for Syracuse athletics, or Snapchat or Instagram. So we look at it as a way to, uh, from a content creation standpoint, as, as a way to engage our fan base. Yeah, for sure. So actually, real quick before I go to the uh, the fun questions here, um, do you want to give a shout out to the uh, Sodus Bay Heights Golf Club? Well, it's the best. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and um, you know, it's 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 a great it's a great it's a great golf course. Great experience. Um, the the course was in tremendous uh, shape this past year. Probably the best shape it's been in in a long, long time. Um, so I just, you know, I encourage people in 2019 to come out and, um, and play a couple rounds because I think you'll enjoy playing the golf course. It's in great condition. Our golf shop, uh, Ben Wilson, our pro has done a fantastic job. He runs a first class professional operation. Um, we got practice facilities for your short game, your putting, your long game, the food and beverage that, uh, that Mike and Sarah Munger do is, is top shelf. So it's a great experience all the way around. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited uh, to pick it back up in 2019. Great, great course. 
Um, so uh, we have a little bit of a lightning round questions here, and we decided to uh, to, to name our uh, theme here. Uh, take take a wild hack. So we want you to just go uh, whatever you whatever's off the top of your head here with these lightning round questions, and they're they're specific to you specifically uh, okay. and Syracuse as well. So um, I got the first question here. Uh, number one, greatest Syracuse University athlete ever. Jim Brown. I'll take the next one. Uh, what is your proudest SU moment you've had? That's a good question. Proudest, proudest SU moment I've had. I think probably when we won the 2003 national championship. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, best restaurant in Syracuse. Ooh, best. Uh, I'm going to make somebody mad now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, possibilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we yes. go. Yes. There we go. Called it. All right, we were talking about the weather earlier. So I guess for you, where would you rather be, dealing with the lake effect and, and snowmobiles or being in 100-degree weather sitting by a pool? Yeah, I'm fine being right here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so number five, Syracuse or Syracuse? Syracuse. There we go. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a fun one. Hoffman or Zweigel's Hot Dogs? Swaggles. Yeah. Yes. Um, your favorite uh, athlete as a kid? Jack Nicholas. He's my idol. All right. I'm going to change this up. Uh, question eight here. ESPN personality most likely to microwave fish for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Lord only knows. <laughs> yeah i like that i like that okay uh quick so um all wins are great but if you're gonna get one who's uh your favorite team to beat wow um you know every win is great it's uh it's it's always fun if we can beat duke in basketball because that's an accomplishment and um you know we've got uh we got a heck of an opportunity on saturday it would be pretty sweet if we could knock off the Fighting Irish. Take that one. And we'll finish with a, a little bit of a different one here. Um, it's been a tough year uh, for Sodas and a lot of our listeners there. I want you to let me know what, what makes Sodas great. The people. And it has been a tough year. And you know, I, my heart aches. But, the, you know, the people, the people of Sodas are fantastic. They're, they're genuine. They're real. They look out for one another. They're friendly. Um, it's a great, you know, it's a great community. And I've been fortunate to spend a, you know, part of uh, every year of my uh, of my life on this planet um, in Sodus, and I cherish every minute and every second that I've uh, that I that I'm there. Well, John, uh, we want to thank you so much for uh, doing this with us uh, today. It was a real pleasure. Well, thanks, guys. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, All right. we appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. You got it. Take care, guys. Be well. Yeah, absolutely. You too. So that was our interview with John Wildhack. It was presented by SeatGeek. No, it wasn't. We'll we'll work on getting SeatGeek as a uh, sponsor here. Um, no idea who the hell we are. That's well, so this is actually sponsored by Caden's Beer Dinner at Embark on uh, January or not January, December fourteenth. Um, buy tickets to it, please, um, because I'm going to buy a cool beer for it. You don't even need to buy tickets. Fuck it. I'm just going to drink all the beer. So let's actually talk a little basketball. Goof, what uh, what do you feel about your Celtics right now? Actually, 
looking at like right now, I feel like they've kind of hit a stride where they've looked good. They they moved Marcus Smart into the starting lineup against New Orleans a couple games ago, and they've won three games since then. And they were dominant against the Cavs, which they should have been. They looked good against New Orleans, who's been a solid team, and they handled the, the Timberwolves pretty easily. So I like where they're going because they started so awful. They should not be where they're at right now. What do you think it's, about how awful those uh, T-Wolves jerseys were last night? You thought awful? The highlighter? You thought they were you thought, awful? You thought they were good? I didn't dislike them. They reminded me of those old the Atlanta Hawks jerseys. The really old, like, bright blue and green Atlanta Hawks jerseys. Oh, Atlanta Hawks loved uh, no nah, yeah. not at all they well so the thing that i like what with the baylor jerseys is they go all into it they do the whole thing the highlighter with the the t-wolves ones they were half highlighter half just blue like fuck that like with, with the atlanta hawks yeah. jerseys yeah they they had the awesome neon and then they had that little 1970s uh starsky and hutch stripe on it that was the cool part no these are like um Right aid, not right aid. Uh, right guard commercial, fucking deodorant shit. It was stupid. I hated it. I, I like the highlighter, man. I'm all for highlighter colors. Bring them everywhere. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit higher up in the standings and flip things around. Uh, what do you think about the Clippers this year? Do you think they're for real? I think they can be. They're the front half of their schedule has been kind of a cakewalk, but they don't. If you looked at their team. The beginning of the year, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, the Clippers—they'll be good, right?" No, nobody thought that. They—they've beaten Golden State once or twice. They've played well. They—they they mesh together. It's not like they have the stars that they used to, but well, l- looking at their team, they're guys that just contribute. They're—they're they're a team of all-star six men, basically. Gallinari, yeah. Tobias Harris, Marcin Gortat. Uh, Shai Gilgis Anderson, who might be really good. Um, Archie Bradley, Machos Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. Like, how many goddamn six man awards have been between all those guys? Like, I'm sure they've won a lot of them. Um, yeah, that, I mean, many, but they defend. Like, in the NBA, you don't see many guards that defend. But when you throw up Patrick Beverly and Avery Bradley, those are two guys that are going to defend and hound the ball the whole game. And they, not. Teams yeah, won. it's it's pretty amazing because they're both they're both scoring like seven points per game, but they're making a difference because they're both great defenders. They're um they did just lose to the Mavs tonight. My uh my Mavs have been fairly hot lately. What do you guys think of Luka Doncic, man? He's so much fun to watch. He's like top three in four different um you know statistics from rebounds and steals and assists and. Scoring within um, within rookies, leading the rookies in scoring. Um, getting that double block on LeBron was amazing the other night. Um, he's the, he's the best foreign prospect that we've seen in a while. Um, do you do you stand by that statement, Goof? Absolutely, I think. And I talked about it at the beginning of the year. He was going to be in my. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year this year. He can do everything on the court, and. I've been blown away by his passing ability. I mean, I think you know me a little bit to know that I get really happy when I see guys that can pass the ball. And he he does an amazing job. I know he only gets four assists a game, but sometimes he just 
He can control the game by kind of those highlight passes. There has been too much in college basketball. It's, it's kind of been a lot all over the place. I mean, um, not this past week, but the week before we saw uh, Duke go down to Gonzaga. That Hachimura kid is is really, really good. Uh, doesn't know how to shoot a free throw, but he is really, really good. What do you guys think about the early season? Have you learned anything from, from these teams? I learned that Michigan is a force <laughs> yeah. to be reckoned with. Iggy's awesome, man. You never look at them during the season like, oh, that's a good team. They're you, a good team Do you right think now. that they, Beeline should be in the upper echelon of these coaches? Absolutely. I think he's so uh, underrated. What he's done with that program, absolutely. I mean, he came in, and that program was not in a good spot. They haven't got a lot of great, like, talented guys over the years. I mean, there's definitely been some good players with, like, Trey Burke and Hardaway and whatnot, but he's really put it together with just a – defensive mind he has and filling in the offense. He always has teams that work hard and play defense for 40 minutes. Yeah. And that's exactly. what's getting them wins right now. Is they Similar to me talking about the Clippers, they hound guys on the ball. And he doesn't have the, the smugness of, of Coach K. He doesn't have the asshole nature of, of Bayheim. doesn't have the excuses of Tom Izzo. Um, he just does things the right way. He he's the Derek Jeter of uh, of coaches. There, I'm 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 such a fan of his. Actually, he's from Newfane, I believe, and he is an NU alum. So, uh, my boy over at Niagara, we're, we're we're happy to have him as an alum. Uh, let's finish with a little bit of baseball talk. Obviously, the hot stove has been a little slow. Uh, we got the uh, the Paxton trade to the Yankees since we've been gone. Uh, Chunks, what do you what are your what's your take for the Paxton trade? He's a little too Canadian for my liking, <laughs> but hey, uh, uh, a plug. Uh, everybody watch Letter Kenny. Fucking, <laughs> but no, I. It's definitely good. Uh, it's a move in the right direction with our rotation. Definitely need it. Didn't give up too much for him. Justice is a kind of a big deal, but he he hasn't panned out to be everything he should be. And I saw him a few times over the year. And he, he disappointed me a little bit, to be honest. So I think we we're probably making the right decision there. And James Paxton's a solid pitcher, so he'll he'll help beef up our rotation. It really is about time we stop like trying to delay this window or you know keeping extending this window. We gotta win. Yeah, um, we're winning. With now. the Red Sox winning this past year, you have to win now. These these guys are ready to play. Um, Gary Sanchez is not gonna have that year again. He will come back. We need a full full force. Um, Goof, there were some big uh, big signings by Atlanta. How do you feel about Josh Donaldson coming into to the, the Braves team? I feel like they don't really have much to lose on that. Yeah, they're paying him a good chunk, but... it's just Yeah, just one year for $23 million. Yeah, it's right. not... It's only one year, and so if he, if he doesn't come all the way back from his injury, then are you out much? No, you didn't, you didn't blow you know, your next three years. And if he does come back from it and he returns to his 2016, you know, where he was MVP, or even if he becomes somewhat close, then that puts them right in the mix of best teams in the NL. Yeah, I would be, I was, I saw somebody today put up if the, if MLB did their final four uh, sort of thing, like the college football rankings, um, Atlanta would be in that final four. And I absolutely agree. I think they set themselves absolutely 
uh, you know, had themselves set up for for good success next year with that Donaldson uh, signing. And I have heard that Keuchel is looking to go there as well. So to solidify yeah. that rotation is, okay. is always a good thing. Yeah, they've been they've been in talks with Cleveland. So hopefully. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland uh, is definitely interesting there, just trading Jan Gomes to the Nationals. Well, I'll be interested to see how much they let off while still trying to um, you know, keep their lead in the uh, AL Central, even though the AL Central is complete trash. Uh, I was going to say, do you think they really, if they're going to be making these moves, it, at what point are they going to look at, like, yeah, we could still win the AL Central, but that doesn't mean we'll be a contender, so screw the AL Central? Yeah. It's 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 a tough call. I think that personally, I think if they trade Kluber, I think they're kind of waving the white flag. It seems to me. I mean, I know they still have Carrasco and Bauer and things like that, but Kluber's an uh, he's an ace. He won the Cy Young. Uh, did he win it this year? No. Oh yes, not won it this year, but he has won. He has won it twice. Um, so uh, you know he's. He's still got so much left in the tank, and he's he's fantastic. So I, I feel like they'd be waving the white flag. Um, who knows what the White Sox will do if they sign either or with Machado or uh, uh, Harper. That's still yet to be seen. Um, Chunks, what do you think the Yankees should be doing over the next uh, couple months? I think we're still looking for that other pitcher we need, um, whether it's Patrick Corbin or... I don't know. I've heard loose talks with some of the other names out there, like Keiko, but that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still just looking for that pitcher. I'm not worried about Machado or Harper. I mean, if that happens, it happens, but we really got to prioritize with our rotation. I was reading that Harper is more of a fit than you would think. Um, he is a left fielder by trade. Yeah. Um, he, you know, based off of his defensive metrics, left field is where he should be. Um, Brett Gardner is should be more of a fourth outfielder now. Um, position or you know, situational hitting, situational bunting. No, I, th- I think Harper would work out really well because we need that lefty power bat. We could rotate between him, Judge, Giancarlo, like in their positions, and it would it would work well because then we could have Brett Gardner coming off the bench and. I, th- I think it would work out well. I just, I, don't, I really don't see it happening. Well, and the thing is, like, with resetting the, the luxury tax, what was this all for if you don't sign one of those two? Mm-hmm. Why would you Why would you limit yourself so much um, and more than likely cost yourself a championship this year um, by limiting that? So I, I think they'll sign one of the two. I do think it's going to be Harper, personally. Because here's here's long take Caden right now. Um, we're gonna be trading for Nolan Arenado in the next year or two. We'll be trading the entire farm system for Nolan Arenado uh, to play third base for us because we uh, you know we already have the should have been AL Rookie of the Year at third base. We want to be even better. So be ready for that. I think that's gonna be a good time for Yankee fans. Um, because there has been some dangling of, of Nolan Arenado a little bit over in, in the Rado. Um, so I, I definitely have uh, some pipe dreams for that. I've, so. he- I've heard that one of them is going to go to the Phillies. I Machado. Yeah, Machado to the Phillies. But then I've heard Bryce might stay with the Nationals again. Yeah, that's crazy. I, it, that makes no sense to me. Like what? 
what the hell happened? That changed because it was a done deal that he was out of there, and then like reports are. Popping I don't know out. why he'd want to go back. It makes no sense at all to me, and I don't. I don't get it. They're not going to be good. Well, they've already treated it as Soto is their next guy. Right. Like Bryce has. They've said goodbye to Bryce. They've done everything for Bryce. Soto is now taking his place. So it's if he goes back, man, I think that's freaking awkward. Um, and he's not playing his best baseball there. Like it's not bringing out his best self. I feel like if he was at with the Yankees, if he was with the Cubs, he would be trying to live up to that. Um. Because he's going to be in that mass market. I know Washington is a good market, but you know it's not that historic team like those other ones. Um, lastly, let's talk a, just a little bit about that Cano trade. Um, Chunks, what did you think of that whole saga? Yeah. Did you ever feel he was going to the Yankees? No, I never felt he was going to the Yankees. Um, a lot of it because of his PED stuff and yeah. his age. It would have been nice, like... I I love Cano. It would have been cool, but I don't think it was the right move for the Yankees at all. He's a solid fielder still. He can still hit, but he is, what, 36? He's up there. And yeah, Definitely passed with all the scandals and his age. It's It doesn't seem right. That's why I really don't get it for the Mets because they're, they're not in a win-now situation at all. And they just traded for a 36-year-old Cano who's had issues, and then uh, a good closer, but yeah. who that's also a win now type of closer, you know. And so the the moves, it's weird to me. It doesn't. I get what they're doing, but they're just not in the right situation for it. Do you think that trade makes more sense if they do end up getting Kluber? Yeah, yeah, I think that would help. But man, that team is not good. They, they were terrible this year. Goof, what do you think about that trade for the Mets? I think it's way more of a... They wanted Diaz way more than they wanted Cano. Yeah. Diaz is 24, so... And he's had back-to-back seasons of a very solid... Uh, what did he have? 40 saves? Did yeah, 57 saves this year. Yeah. 57 saves this year, 34 last year. So I thought it was back-to-back 40 save seasons, but I was off. He's the real reason they made that deal. And, yeah, like like we kind of hinted at with the Braves talking the Braves could get Kluber or Keuchel. You know, the other one may go to the Mer- the Mets. So if that's the case, then you're looking at two teams that could compete for the, NF- the, the NL East. So with these trades, if they, if they end up getting another pitcher, do you think they still think about trading Syndergaard or – Who's the better one? I forgot. The ground. The ground. I was DeGrom. I was blanking on it. Um, they got to go all in, don't you think? They they can't be trading the ground. Yeah, no. It, if they did get another guy, I don't know why they would. I do like with the deal getting rid of like Jay Bruce. Like they got rid of a couple mm-hmm. bad contracts on older guys, but it got me real giddy thinking of getting rid of Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh yeah. What an absolute waste or, he is. Here's one. What if they put in for one of those other guys? Because they don't really need offense or defense. They need offense. What if they put in for Bryce Harper or put in for Manny Machado? Like, do they have a chance at getting one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, that would be good. They, But the Wilpons are known for not shelling out money. That's the thing. 
um, they tried to get as much back from that trade, well, like twenty million for that Cano thing. So um, if it comes to money, the Wilpons aren't going to pay for it. Any uh, anything you guys are looking forward to this week? We're we're out of college football season. Army Navy though next week. Always always a fun one to be, you know, uh, probably baking cookies for for Christmas and then watching Army Navy or something like that. I'll actually be on the road. I'll be hitting up. Hudson Valley Breweries this weekend. It's going to be an amazing time. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome time. So if anybody's at Suarez Family, Hudson Valley Equilibrium, come say hello. We've got college basketball will be uh, good this week. Who's Syracuse got this week? Anybody? You are putting me way on the spot right now. I'm trying to look up schedules because I did not know you were going to. Yeah, Northeastern on Tuesday. Woo! Probably going to lose. Um, nah, they they played really well against Ohio State this week. VCU Texas is this week, even though Texas fucking looked terrible against Radford the other night. Yeah, this is a shitty week of games. No, yeah, there's really not a lot going on this week. I don't anywhere. know why you said <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a great week of well, sports. Because <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm. Uh, for oh wait, Syracuse plays Georgetown though on Saturday. Okay, okay, we've got one game. We've got one game to watch this entire week <laughs> in all four sports. Uh, Tennessee against Aga on Sunday will be a great one. Um, Air Force Reserve, Jerry Colangelo Classic. I, I enjoy that. Well, I hear some screaming in the background. Um, so we, it's gl- I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to see you guys, even if it was for just a little bit with, uh, with Goof there. Oh, Rams, Bears? Seahawks. Those are two the two best NFL games. Yeah, those will be good games. Okay. Thank you. Um, Just so you know. Let's uh let's close this bad boy. Um for your boy Goof, for your boy Chunks. Uh you guys have a good night. Stay safe. Peace.